powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lost in the wilderness of music? Well, you're in luck. The Prog Squatch is here to help you find your way to great prog music. This is Prog Watch. And here he is, your hairy host, Big Tony Rousick. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Prog Watch, my faithful friends. This is Big Tony, your host for the next 90 or so minutes. And I am very excited to tell you that the focus of this week's program is the venerable U.S. band Glasshammer, and that none other than Steve Babb, one of the founding members of the band, is my guest. The band has a history going back to 1993 and have made 18 studio albums and more than 10 live albums, compilations, and deluxe re-releases. With so much material, and because they are such an important band in the renaissance of the U.S. prog movement in the 1990s, I'm going to do two parts, part one this week, and part two a few weeks down the road. Also, since Diamond Dave and I covered a few of Glasshammer's earlier albums in the infancy of Prog Watch, search the website to find those if you haven't heard them, I have decided to focus my musical attention on the last 15 or so years of the band's career. I've got a lot of music lined up and a few interview segments with Steve, so I haven't got too much time to talk this week. So I'll get things rolling with an epic from Glasshammer's 2005 album, The Inconsolable Secret. This is Night of the North with Walter Moore and Susie Bogdanowitz on vocals.
stand, you'll gather all our forces here For here we stand on hallowed ground And here the foe will surely fall We'll send his army scattering forth
the night of east with axe Swinging to and fro would force his way Into the fray Ever seeking out his foe One on one he would fight And champion his king Yet he knew his doom was near When his eyes met those glaring orbs full of malice Of the evil night Neath the serpent banner now As round and battle raged These two would fight a private war And though he was doomed He was singing a song A slaying Then his axe was broken Still he fought with mailed fists As deep plunged the sword of the night Of the north into his heart And he died
Night of the North from the Inconsolable Secret by Glass Hammer. One of the fun things about doing two-part coverage on a band is that I have a little more leeway to play an awesome epic like that. Anyway, based on my calculations, this is a good time to let you listen to the first part of my chat with Steve Babb, one of the founding members of Glass Hammer. By way of introduction, I will tell you that due to technical problems, I actually blew my first attempt at speaking with Steve and recording our conversations so that you guys could listen in. Thankfully, he was cool about it, and I had my sh- I mean, stuff together the next week. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. It's up and working today, huh? It's up and working, yeah. I had it figured out about an hour after. I had to rewire everything. I don't know if I had a bad wire or something. It's really convoluted. It all kind of... I, I route it separately to right and left, and so I can like work on it later to make the audio as good, you know, as as possible for the program. Okay, good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a little convoluted how I have it set up with a bunch of old crap and an old Radio Shack mixing board. <laughs> hey, whatever works. It, it works though, yeah. So, uh, yeah, thanks for bearing with me, and uh, yeah, no yeah, I was at the store when you had it uh fixed last week i was always buying supper that's fine um but we got it together that's what's important right so first let me say that it is a pleasure and an honor to have you on my program well thank you very much sir and it's a pleasure to 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 be invited well that's nice of you to say (laughs) it's an honor we'll see if it's a pleasure but i'm sure it will be (laughs) so uh can you tell us a little bit about your early history? You know, did you have a musical family, or how did you first get into music? Uh, not really a musical family. Um, in the third grade, I wanted to uh, play piano because some other kids were learning piano, and I don't know. I just I thought, well, that sounds great, and I ended up um, the teacher. I was a little old lady piano teacher, and she ended up really encouraging me and. Uh, kind of kept pushing on through piano lessons all through, all the way through high school, really. Um, somewhere in, um, I guess by junior high, I was playing as a pianist at a church and then taught myself bass maybe about my senior year or first year in college mm-hmm. and uh, went on to try to play in some local bands. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. Just uh, just a piano player for starters. It's probably a good foundation, though, to uh, get all that chord theory and all that together for a future in composing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, you and Fred Schendel have been the core of Glasshammer for the entire history of the band. How did, Correct. How did you meet up with Fred and, and get involved in uh, you know making music with Fred? He moved uh, here to Chattanooga while I was on the road, but he he was playing in a band with some friends of mine, and they introduced us. But I had about that time I had done an electronic music project and released my own cassette album, and he got a hold of that and brought me a cassette of his stuff, uh, which I actually ended up evolving into some of the first Glass Hammer songs. Um, so we kind of raided his uh, uh, his back catalog, so to speak. But he had played with Walter Moore, who ended up in Glasshammer for quite a while. So I guess that was about 86 that we met. Mm-hmm. And I'd already heard about him. 
and heard that, you know, this man, you're going to want to meet this guy. He plays prog rock. He plays the kind of stuff you like. And, uh, you know, we were considered, you know, complete freaks in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. I was playing in these glam metal bands and uh, he was in a country band. But, you know, really what we wanted to do was this. So it took us many years uh, to finally work our way back around each other. We stayed in touch, though. Uh, and then by 91, I guess 91, we were starting to compose some electronic music together. And uh, by 93, we were working on our first Glass Hammer album. Okay, you mentioned that you guys were uh, kind of the freaks listening to Prague in the 80s. What what bands were you listening to? Well, for me, it, it all revolved around a handful of albums, some of which are really not even probably properly considered Prague at this point. But I, I was very into... Um, Rush, uh, Mike Ophield, um, who else? Uh, was obviously Yes, mm -hmm. I was a fan of Yes, uh, and then some really obscure concept album kind of things like the was it Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds? Oh, yeah, a band called Ulysses that uh, Ted Neely was in okay. um, from Jesus Christ Superstar, and it was these big elaborate storytelling kind of albums with narration. And that's what we set out to do with the first glass hammer album was kind of recreate that vibe. But yeah, I, you know, I, I probably didn't get into some of the better known prog bands till later. Um, um, trying to think of like Genesis. I didn't really start exploring Genesis till um, by the late nineties. I'm embarrassed to say. Okay. Yeah. Um, so on that first album that you've mentioned, you were credited as Stephen or Stefan <laughs> D'Arc. Stephen D'Arc. Yeah, so uh, what went on with that? What, what was the story behind that? Well, it was a leftover from the 80s. And the idea was, you know, back then you did that kind of stuff. You had really big hair and big names, and you changed the names and the spellings of stuff. And also it was kind of a, a hedge, uh, a sort of a protective hedge because – uh, my first electronic music project, I thought, well, this is pretty good, but what if it's not? Um, I'll just change my name. So I okay. put a different name on it completely. And then when we put out the first Glass Hammer album, I, I'm embarrassed to say it was kind of the same thing. It's like, uh, yeah, maybe I'll just stick with the arc till we see if this works out. So, uh, yeah, I dropped, I dropped it pretty quick. It's, yeah, second album, I think you were already going by your proper name. Yeah, yeah, we left it, but... Uh, isn't it silly? Uh, I don't know. It was supposed to evoke some kind of, you know, mystery, I guess. <laughs> okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch -ch -chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Continuing on with my coverage of the great U.S. prog band Glasshammer, this is Sun Song from their 2000 album, Culture of Ascent, which featured Carl Groves and Susie Bogdanowitz on lead vocals. I will follow that immediately with Schrodinger's Lament from Three Cheers for the Broken Hearted, their 2009 release. For that album, vocals were handled by Susie, along with Steve and Fred Schendel. Beyond here 
So there I am hiking, and I come across this huge, ugly cockroach right out there in nature, smack in the middle of the trail, and I realized that that moment, I had a decision to make. I could choose. In fact, I had to choose. I could kill it, I could help it, or I could let it be. I was its god. So why should I kill it? Because it's ugly? And retribution for the sins of its kind? Why should I help it? Why should I care? But here's the thing. What if I leave it there, and in an hour, a woman comes along, sees it, screams, and misses her footing, twisting her ankle, and takes her an extra hour to get to her car, and therefore she doesn't hit a guy crossing the street who goes on that night to conceive a child who grows out to be the next Hitler. Or maybe she's late, winds up at a bar, meets a guy, falls in love, and they have a kid who cures cancer. We can never know the ramifications of the least of our actions. Even stopping to consider the outcome changes the outcome. You want to know? You want to know if I step on the roach? I'm just floating down the street As the shore moves slowly by Drifting silently in space Counting stars in Enjoy the ride. 
Again, that was Sun Song from Culture of Ascent and Schrodinger's Lament from Three Cheers for the Broken Hearted. Those Glasshammer albums were released in 2007 and 2009, respectively. Let's continue on with something from the 2010 Glasshammer album called If. If saw John Davison come on board as the lead singer of Glasshammer. Anyway, this is Behold the Ziddle.
creator of the Siddle's lair. Thus will I end his evil world and assure Behold the Ziddle from Glasshammer's 2010 album If. After the break, we'll hear more of my chat with Steve Babb and more great Glasshammer music. Don't go anywhere. Progwatch will be right back. The vinyl may be gone. The album art may be a JPEG. Radio lives on forever. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right now, I'd like to share a great Glasshammer track with you, which provides a sad commentary on some father and son relationships. Listen closely to the words, folks. It's a very powerful song, in my opinion. The song is called Dear Daddy, and it comes from Glasshammer's 2011 Corcordium. And now years you ought to by now have some kind of career 
Oh, but Father, gladly, dear Daddy, I'll stay far away. How can I grow up tall? Don't mean to be cruel. When you always make me feel. But Daddy, I'm more than in a fool. I was no more than a baby When you told me stop that crying It's making me angry And one day, well just maybe When you grow up you'll learn to shut up And fake a smile like your dad Whenever you are sad But father, sadly Dear daddy Stay far away from you. No, it's not true. No, it's be not true. Cause you see because the you see this son's love has always surrounded you.
Did you ever notice me? Lifted me over the waves and held me so high 
It was then that I could believe I believed I could fly Dear Daddy from Corcordium, very moving stuff. But now let's listen to a little more of my chat with Steve Babb. On that first album, is it, is it true that TV shopping and the internet sales uh, really got the band rolling? Yeah, uh, that's another quirk. Yeah, it's know. interesting. Um, we had we packaged the Journey of the Dune and the Dan album with a big poster and we did it, the, the CD was gold foil, and we made it really this nice package. And we put ads in science fiction fantasy magazines and had a 1-800 number. And I think that had been going for about a month when QVC called us, which is just unheard of, and said, we want a thousand of these things. And it was a fairly expensive package when it came with the poster. And so we quickly got an assembly line together of, of me and a couple of friends and put it all together and put it in a truck and drove it to New Jersey. And uh, they, they gave us 15 minutes on QVC. So it's pretty neat. Pretty neat way to start. Yeah. I think they had put a Pink Floyd album on about the same time. Uh, and that was working really well for them. But yeah, so suddenly, you know, I don't know how many million people watched that, but suddenly, you know, there we were. So started showing up in magazines and things like that. But, you know, really, we weren't that familiar with what was going on with the prog rock movement. We were kind of hitting it from this science fiction, fantasy, fandom angle. Mm -hmm. and that was kind of the, the plan was to just uh, market prog rock to that, those people. I thought, well, they read, they're smart people, they might like this music. And so for a while, for really for many years, we kind of rode the fence between, you know, fully diving in as a prog rock band versus doing these, uh, you know, science fiction, uh, fantasy inspired albums, which we, you know, we still dabble in that now and then. But yeah, that's how, that's how we got started, or it was at least it was encouraging enough uh, at the time to think, oh my gosh, you know, we've done something, let's keep going, and led to the next album and the next and the next. Okay, yeah, I think that's an interesting little aside there, you know, QVC, <laughs> helping break yeah. a prog band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we tried, uh, you know, people will call in and talk about stuff, or they did back then, and uh, I was even on the phone, I was going to call in and pump the, the album up myself. <laughs> Not realizing it really doesn't work that way. No. Yeah, I was ready. And we did. And back then, too, uh, the internet was just becoming a thing. So I was on all these weird bulletin boards and CompuServe and Prodigy and uh, early AOL and just telling everybody that would listen about Glasshammer. And, um, we didn't have anybody to do it for us. So 
Sounds like cool homegrown marketing and a little bit of uh, fortune uh, well, yeah, turning exactly. their way. Yeah. yeah, I think so. So um, your latest album, Chronomenaut, carries yeah. on the story of Tom, the character you introduced on your classic 2000 album, Chronometry. Yes. Can you tell us more about the new album? Well, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it sounds anything like uh, Chronometry. No, um, not, not uh, musically, but uh, right. yeah, but thematically. The story, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to, it, it kind of hit me a few years ago. Some of, some of our heroes were, uh, you know, dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a big deal. Uh, Bowie, that kind of hit me hard. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chris Squire. Yeah. On wet and, and you know, Greg Lake, Keith Emerson, yeah, um, and it just kind of—I mean, it was really sad to me. Uh, and it's a, a sign of growing older and going, "Oh my gosh, you know, this stuff is is passing away." Um, yeah, I'm feeling it. <laughs> and then it, you know, it hit me about Tom. I thought, well, now Tom, as a character, uh, was a big prog rock fan. What happened to him after? chronometry and how would all of this affect him now and uh, it's suddenly evolved into you know part two uh so i kind of let that be the thing that triggers him is that he starts thinking about the past he starts thinking about his old heroes and um and he wants to go back and that's kind of you know it's it's just uh it's kind of what we all are i think uh or at least this generation of prog rock we're, we're guys who grew up with it um, it's not the same anymore we we want to try to recapture that but we never quite can um so it's a lot of kind of melancholy thoughts i guess and overly sentimental romanticizing of, of you know that early prog we listened to when we were kids and uh, so tom's kind of crazy and he wanted to go back in time and see if he could be a prog rock star <laughs> You know, what we know that didn't happen is, other than through Glass Hammer, you haven't heard of him. So, uh, I don't know where he ended up, but uh, I don't think I don't think it worked out the way he wanted it to. <laughs> Does it ever? You can never go back, right? No, no, not really. So, but well, you put okay. so you put on songs, and for a little bit, I mean, I'm talking about our favorite songs. You know, you put that on, and for a little bit, you you kind of get that glimpse of of how you felt oh right. sure i mean i think music along you know they say that scent you know can really take you to a particular yeah. memory but i think music also does that for me you know i hear a song on the radio and it's like oh yeah my senior year and then i start thinking oh yeah right. that was 35 years ago you know and it's kind of a drag you know but uh, I think we're, uh, we're wired uh at about 17 or 18 i think or at least i was and fred was and the things that we were listening to at that point in time shaped everything that happened after. Yeah, I think, yeah. And, and I listened to lots of music, not just prog rock, but that handful of albums that I started with are, are the albums I really still gravitate to. Yeah. It's just just got in my DNA. Uh, you really can't shake it loose. Yeah, same here. It's They're like old friends in a way when you go back yeah. and listen to them sometimes. And it's like you can put it aside for a number of years, but come back to it and... and you know and suddenly you know it evokes memories of other times and places yeah that's why i think music is one of the uh, most powerful art forms of all you know really as far as uh 
you know, it's something special. And I'm always suspicious of people who don't really like music. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's something wrong with those people, really. Yeah. yeah. Let's finish up this week's program with another great glass hammer track from Corcordium. This is Nothing Box. Yeah. 
Nothing box from Glasshammer's 2011 release, Corcordium. That's about all I have time for this week, but remember, watch for part two of my Steve Babb and Glasshammer special in a few weeks. In that program, I'll cover Glasshammer's most recent albums from Perilous through last year's Chronomenaut, and there will be more of my chat with Steve Babb. So I hope you enjoyed the program, and thanks for coming along for the ride once again. Until next time, I wish you all a wonderful week. Prague on, my brothers and sisters. Yeah.